Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Will Gray. And Will, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. I am moderately sleep surprised, but that's how it's going to go during uh, the open week. And uh, we've got a lot of a lot of good play today and certainly three more days of exciting action uh, over at St. Andrews. Well, I'm glad that you could join us after being sleep deprived because I probably would have told us no if you were trying to get sleep. But we appreciate it either way. And uh, just, yeah, go, go into that where we know that there's golf events that happen, of course, here in the United States where, you know, it's kind of in during times that are a little bit more accessible. But going over and having the Open in St. Andrews, very historic, very traditional. Uh, it is pretty cool to, to see it back there, especially when, uh, or even when you have to have uh, staying up late at night and being sleep deprived. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they play this tournament at, at the old course in St. Andrews probably every five or six years on average. Uh, so it, it doesn't happen that often. The, the pandemic pushed it to seven uh, for us this time. It hasn't been there since 2015. But, yeah, it just makes it, it – it's already a special tournament, but it adds a little bit of magnitude. There's even more this week because it's the 150th uh, ever playing of the Open. So there's a lot of, you know, pomp and circumstance and, and some history uh, in the mix. They had the, the Champions Challenge on Monday every year, all the – previous winners back and they have the champions dinner on Tuesday. It's kind of an open at St. Andrews is probably the closest thing you're going to get to rivaling uh, something of the prestige in the history of the masters. When you're talking about the majors. Who's on your radar going into the tournament, as far as uh, some of the favorites who you thought would, would play well. Yeah, I was, I was hiring Jordan Spieth until uh, we saw him miss time to reply. No, I think, I think Spieth, I think Dustin Johnson, uh, are, are both guys that I was I was moderately high on. Xander Shoffley is definitely the, the hottest player in the world right now coming in, having won twice in the last three weeks, including last week at the Scottish Open. Uh, and then, you know, there's a lot of questions about Rory. It, it's kind of like Charlie Brown in the football at this point with Rory in these majors. It's amazing that it's been eight years since his last major, but you, you look at it and on paper he was a clear favorite, but he was also one of, if not the favorite, for the, the PGA when he started strong with the 65 and kind of stalled out from there and just played well at the U.S. Open last month and couldn't quite put it together. He's not missing cuts. He's still finishing inside the top 10, obviously off to a great start today with a, a 66. He's sitting alone in second place. But there's going to be a lot of questions about what he's going to be able to do to back this up both tomorrow afternoon and then into the weekend because he's he's not shying away from the pressure. He called this, you know, an, an open championship at St. Andrews is, is the holy grail of golf for him. And this is a player who has already won this tournament once before uh, in 2014. So I'm definitely fascinated to see what he's able to do for a follow-up tomorrow afternoon. I know it's just the first day, and we still got golfers going, and but the question is always going to be about Tiger. Not exactly the greatest start for Tiger today, even though this was something that he was looking forward to and making sure that he was healthy enough to go. Not a great start for Tiger. No, I think uh, if, if you want to see Tiger Woods play golf in 2022, you better find his TV tomorrow morning pretty early because that might be the last time we're going to see him for a few months. He's not going to make a cut this week. I mean, the first first uh, hole out of the gate, he drives it into a divot and then puts it in the water, makes a double. I can definitely relate to that. Uh, and, and he's really just struggling. And this is a, a tournament where, you know, you didn't feel like he had a good chance to, to contend, but you felt like this was his best chance to contend in a major in 2022, just given – you know, the, the terrain is very flat. It's a course he knows well. It's a place where he's won twice before. Uh, it's a place where his creativity and artistry can, in most days, shine. But he really has struggled today. I don't, I don't foresee him, you know, firing a, a 67 or 68 tomorrow to potentially make the cut. So, yeah, I, I do think that tomorrow will be the last time we're going to see him 
at least for a few months. Maybe he has something in the fall, but but I do think that moving forward, we really should be getting into a situation where these majors, you know, four or five events a year, that's the only time that we're going to see Tiger because he only has uh, so much gas in the tank. And, and we saw it because he had to withdraw from the U.S. Open. Uh, he was already trying to conserve energy and trying to build up for this performance. So I'm sure he's disappointed with how he started and, and the score that he's putting up today. But, uh, yeah, I would I would be – uh, an interesting spectator tomorrow for sure because I don't know the next time he's going to tee it up beyond tomorrow. Do they play any European Tour events at St. Andrews? Does that give some of the, the golfers on that tour maybe a bit of an advantage if they are playing more often? Yeah, so there's one uh, event called the Dunhill Links where there's a three-course rotation. It's kind of like what they do at, at the Pebble Beach event in the U.S. where they play Carnoustie, Kings, Kings Barnes, and St. Andrews. And then the final round is at St. Andrews. So that's the tournament where out of four rounds, you could potentially play two at St. Andrews. A guy like Tyrrell Hatton, who uh, has been on the Ryder Cup team before, he, he's won that back-to-back uh, in recent years. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood has also played well there, Danny Willett. So there are some Europeans that, that maybe have a little bit more of an advantage, but at the same time, I mean, you're seeing how this course is, is kind of transformed today. We're seeing drives go 400 yards and balls are running out, you know, 15, 20 seconds, uh, not, let alone yards. Uh, the challenge this week is very much getting the ball to stop where you want it to. It's not about can you get the ball to go where you want to. So uh, even if you played that tournament, which is usually in October or November uh, of the European Tour season, it's not quite the same as playing this course in major championship conditions this week uh, with this field. That's actually going to lead me to my next question of how this course plays compared to other majors and, and other of golf courses because I know the weather is always a factor and it looks like it's pretty windy there, but how does this course compare and play uh, to some of the other majors and some of the other events in the, in the tour? Yeah. I mean, Lynx golf is a different animal for sure. And the main defense uh, is always going to be the wind and the weather. I mean, the last time it was here in 2015, they had to stop play for a day because it was too windy. The ball was, were, were continuing to roll off the green. So you couldn't even play. Uh, I don't think we're going to get quite that much wind. You know, today it was calm in the morning. It was it got a little bit more windy in the afternoon. I think that uh, pattern is expected to repeat tomorrow, and then there might be a little bit of a change over the weekend, but it's not going to get too blustery. So I do think you're going to see a winning score, let's say 15 to 17 under par. I mean, you're really going to have to go uh, and get it. But, uh, you know, outside of the wind, the challenge on this course, and we've seen it play out in the first round, is on and around the greens. I mean, these greens are huge. They're double greens. They usually have two holes share the same green and it's all these little, you know, hillocks and undulations and swales that, you know, you can have a 140 foot putt, which you're just not used to practicing and, and let alone having a, a five footer that then moves uh, a lot. Uh, it's very ticklish downhill. So the greens are definitely going to be the slowest of the major championships. They're not rolling as fast as they do at Augusta or certainly even, uh, you know, the U S open at Brookline, these are going to be pretty slow because of the wind, but at the same time, uh, it's definitely going to challenge your creativity and your artistry, frankly, uh, on and around the green. 75 yards and in, that's where this tournament's going to be won and lost this week. So we know that the course can play differently day to day. What about morning to afternoon? Does it seem to play differently at times? Yeah, certainly if you look at the board this week or, or today so far, pretty much everyone outside of Scotty Scheffler that's on the early leaderboard played in the morning. So I, I do think we're going to see this dynamic kind of even out tomorrow because when you play in the morning, the course is a little bit fresher and the wind, there wasn't a lot of wind this morning. So uh, the guys that had the relatively easier conditions today are going to have to play tomorrow afternoon when the wind probably will pick up and, and things could be a little bit more difficult and vice versa. If you had the tough draw today, you're going to play 
a little bit easier tomorrow. So I think by the time we get to Friday night, things should even out pretty well in terms of the draw. Sometimes you get the open because everyone goes off the first hole. There's no split tees between 1 and 10, where sometimes you really do get what's called a draw bias, where just depending on whether you get the early late or the late early shift, you could be facing a one and a half or two shot differential uh, before you even tee up. So I think this week it's probably going to even out. Uh, and it is something where, as we saw today, I expect that tomorrow it's going to play a little bit more difficult as the day goes on and as the wind kicks up. Speaking of a little golf here with Will Gray on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Well, something we were having fun with, too, is that uh, I had a discussion about it being called the British Open or just the Open. You know, it's obviously officially called the Open, but uh, can you give us a little backstory on that? Was it always called the Open? Did it used to be called the British Open and they changed it to the Open? Like, what? how did that all happen as far as the name goes? Yeah, I think it's had a little bit of a crisis in brand management and identity over the years. You know, I do think that if you look back at the history books, there are times like Jack Nicholas was referencing in the British Open. This is not some sort of verboten uh, phrase. And, and certainly for the American audience, it's a lot easier to differentiate the British Open from the U.S. Open. I, I know our friends across the pond kind of stick their nose up and, and don't like that but from an American perspective. So, but yeah, this tournament has been called the Open Championship. It's, it's now the Open. It's, it's all over the place. But I think if you're, if you're talking about, you know, a, a casual golf fan or, or an everyday sports fan, they're going to recognize it as the British Open. And I don't think, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And the story that won't seem to go away is uh, talking about the live golfers and and what tournaments they can play in and where they'll have access and how they'll play. And there's always being comments made about the live golfers. And we got more of that this week and even got Tiger Woods involved. Yeah, Tiger actually has some, some pretty candid remarks talking about, you know, why he doesn't think that it's good that those guys have taken the money, essentially, and uh, that he, he feels like they're going to lose their competitive edge that, that keeps the greats uh, from kind of digging it out of the dirt and trying to make progress. But you're right. I mean, this is something everyone tries to get to the majors and you hope to have seven days of Kumbaya where it's like, can we just talk about the golf? But it, it doesn't because you, it still overshadows things. You had the RNA send out a press release saying that they specifically disinvited Greg Norman from the champion's dinner and the celebration this week, even though he's won this tournament twice, Phil Mickelson skipped the champion's dinner uh, on Tuesday night. So there are some glaring omissions and, and it's something that's only going to continue to, uh, you know, become a bigger deal as these live tournaments continue as they're expected to add another couple big names in the coming weeks before they get to their next event. Uh, but the thing is that now after this, there, there are no real decisions until you get around to the green jackets in April at the Masters. That's the next, uh, time that, that people are really going to be focusing on this to figure out, okay, where where can they play, where can't they play, where are they going to draw the line? So uh, they've applied to, to have world ranking points, which I think in, in, inside baseball terms for for golf fans, that's going to be a big crux of this: is, is will these live golf events be allowed to have world ranking points? Uh, that's going to really make or break most of their players' ability to get into the majors. But at the same time, you still have a lot of big names, guys like Phil, Kepka, Bryson, DJ who have won majors recently and are already exempt into the majors for the next you know, two, three, four years. So some of the biggest signings from the live perspective, they're still going to be around for these majors uh, in 2023 and beyond. But, but after this week, we're going to have a little bit of a break, I think. And, and uh, some of the dust might have a chance to settle because it's not going to be until next April before you really have this uh, come to a head to decide, okay, who's in and who's out. Is it going to just take time? Is that what's going to make this kind of stop being talked about, stop being such a problem, is just time and getting used to the way that this is going to be? Uh, I think 
potentially. I, I think that uh, a decision is going to have to be made whether or not the PGA Tour and the Live Golf folks are going to kind of come to the table and, and find some sort of compromise. Uh, failing that, if the, if the tour really wants to take a hard-line stance, then this is going to go to the courts. And there's already you know antitrust lawsuits uh, going on against the PGA Tour, and there are some uh, European players that successfully sued to be able to play the Scottish Open last week. I, I think that this next six-month stretch at the end of 22 is is really where we're going to see the scene shift from, you know, press releases and, and actual tournaments to the courts and, and to decide how much the PGA Tour can really dictate, uh, you know, whether, whether or not live golf is allowed to exist, for better, for lack of a better term. Uh, and then, yeah, it's going to boil down to uh, the time factor will really play a key role in the, the world ranking situation. If these live golfers are not able to get world ranking points, their world ranking is just going to start to slide and slide to the point where by the time he gets to the Masters next spring, they're not going to qualify anyway. Uh, and so uh, that's why it's really key from a live perspective. If they're going to be able to sustain this beyond a, a 6, 12, 24-month experiment, they need to kind of uh, get their foot in the door with the world ranking process. Well, Will, we appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff. I know you're going to enjoy this event this weekend, but also try to get some sleep here and there, man. <laughs> I'll try. We'll find some cat naps. There, there are ways to do it for sure. But good talking to you guys.